mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? Turning your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 15 as we go through this evangelist's testimony really of the life and events of uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. If you'll remember, last week we entered into a second part of his trial. He had been taken and arrested in the garden, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. He'd been taken to Annas' house and then to Caiaphas' house, and, and he's in trial, and they need to find a charge. So the second part is, is that the Jewish, the religious authorities, they take him to the secular government, to the Roman authorities, which would have been Pilate and Herod that are in town because of the Passover. Now, uh, what it says in 15, 1... It says that immediately in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders, scribes, and the whole council. Now, that council is the Sanhedrin. There's 70 of them with the high priest as the head. That's how the ruling, the Jewish people ruled themselves under the economy of God. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him to Pilate, who is your uh, governor of that region. So... And then as you move along, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something a little different. This is different, and I know people don't like different. Uh, this week, we've already went through uh, Mark 15, 1 through 15. We did that last week. But as you notice, Jesus is bound and led away to the government. And then as we covered the text last week, during Passover festival, Pilate always did something to, to, to make peace and to be pleasing to the Jews. They had these 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 prisoners, and they would always release one. And if you look at verse fifteen six, or excuse me seven, we see that there was one named Barabbas, and Barabbas was bound or chained with his fellow rebels, and they had committed murder in the rebellion. Now, I want to just kind of hone in on this. In the King James, Jesus is bound and led away. And then Barabbas is bound to his fellow insurrectionist. And they had committed murder in the insurrection. We see the word rebellion, and it worked a little better for us. And what I, I was praying this week, and I thought, let's hone in on this. Let's look at it a little deeper, uh, because all of us are bound by and bound to something. 
Jesus was bound and he's being led away because he's the anointed of God to die for the sins of the world. Now he's got all the power of the universe coursing through him and he could have made them turn him loose. In fact, if he would have just answered their questions, they would have said, he's innocent, you're free to go. But as a lamb led to the slaughter or led to the shearer, he said not a word. He remained silent. Because when you're in the will of God, you can, you can remain silent. It's actually one of the first things we have in, in our, in our uh, jurisprudence system, in our law, is that you have the right to remain silent. See, in, in the Jewish law, they had the right to remain silent. You did not have to testify against yourself. In fact, many times when we open our mouth, we say the wrong things. So his silence uh, kept him going to the will of God. And so we always struggle to get out of the will of God. And, and we don't even realize it. Because, see, God is sovereign. He has dominion. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows the thing coming down the road. And what do we do? As soon as we see trouble coming, now this, you guys don't freak out on me. As soon as we see trouble coming, what do we do? We run. We're like, I'm getting out of this. I'm getting away from this. But what we should say is, God, what do I need to do in this? And, and again, our scripture memory verse was Proverbs 27, 12. So I don't want to contradict or make it sound like a contradiction. The prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. But the fool passes on and is punished. That's a total different topic. We're talking about evil. We're talking about unrighteousness. We're talking about some things that we, that we don't want to go into. But when there's something coming up and it's affliction or it's pain or it's suffering or it's a problem, sometimes God doesn't want us to hide. Because in the Bible, there's a principle called the through principle. The only way you can learn this, this, this type of faith and to trust God is to go through it. You hide from pure evil, but you want to go through affliction. You want to do much suffering. Shall we enter the kingdom of God? So if we run from suffering and take a pill for all suffering, are we really going to learn relationship with God? No, you have to go through some things. Many people call it the school of hard knocks. That's how Moses learned to be the one who would lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He went to the backside seminary, and he had to, he, after coming from Pharaoh's palace, knowing all the sciences, the best teachers, he was trained in, in fighting. He was raised up in the king or the Pharaoh's, the, 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 the most powerful man on the planet's house. And when he tried to do the will of God in his flesh, he had to flee from that same man and hide in the wilderness and God took Egypt out of him and put his will in him and it's the same thing for you and me and he does it through affliction he does it through pain in marriage he does it through the opposites where you die to self so that you can make the other spouse better and it's taking you out of yourself see we think we got the answers when we really don't the answers are in the word of God and they're given to you by the Spirit of God as you search out the will of God. So the first thing to do when something happens is not to just run or react or swipe a credit card. The first thing to do is not to just call a friend. The first thing to do is to pray. 
Because prayer is about being dependent and trusting God. He has all the answers. And so when the first thing you do is pray, you find out what God is doing. Because how in the world do you know how to react? I'm just going to run. Well, God didn't say run. He said stand. We're supposed to stand in the salvation of God. We're supposed to be witnesses. We're giving living testimony. We stand in the courtroom of God and show that we're children of God. And even when it's bad, we stand and we trust God. Now, if God says flee, if God says this is evil, run, then you run. But you have to learn to listen for his voice and to find out what he's doing and go through some things. So I want to hone in on this chained to, bound with. See, because Barabbas, anytime you see bar, Old Testament, New Testament, it means son of. Barabbas means son of the father. And we know that Jesus the Christ is the son of the father in heaven. And see, everything is about family. And we're being brought back into the family of God to live in the kingdom of God for the glory of God. And, and we, were, we were there from our ancestor, Adam. And he sinned, him and Eve sinned, and got us kind of removed from the family of God. We come out from under, listen, the authority of God. That's what it was all about, the authority of God, the power of God, the headship, the covering of his family. And so everybody is born because of Adam and Eve, and you would have done the same thing, in this place where we're in the wrong father's family. In fact, that father cares nothing about us, and God would call us orphans because that father is just going to spit us out and uh, use us and spit us out and never be a father to us. He's not even a bad father. He's just the father of all lies, so he cares nothing about you. What he cares about is himself. All he cares about is you worshiping him, and if you don't worship God, you're worshiping him. So he's not really a father at all. And that's why pure and unadulterated religion is to minister to widows and orphans. Widows are those that have no covering. They have no head. They have nobody taking care of them. And orphans are fatherless. See, because even though he's the father of lies, he's not really trying to be a father. The only father there is is our father in heaven who has sent his only begotten son. Listen to me. He sent his only son to do his will, and that is to die for the sins of the world. For this purpose I have come. Jesus come to die, and when he dies, he makes an atoning sacrifice with his blood. I know everybody talks about the cross. That was just the means of death. The blood is where the life is at. The life is in the blood. Are you with me? I had somebody ask me this week in a parking lot. Another uh, uh, Christian, he says, well, how are you saved? I said, the blood. It's really faith in the blood of Jesus, but the blood is where you get to the final answer. Final answer. Because if his blood isn't righteous, if his blood isn't pure, if his blood was not perfect, you can't be saved. All the sacrificial system of the Old Testament pointed to Jesus, the Lamb of God, paying for our sins on the altar in heaven with his blood. And if you believe that, in your heart, and confess it with your mouth. There's a tandem thing going on there. Not just, not just. oh, I believe. I hate those signs, by the way. And I know I'll get ridiculed for that. When you have that sign on your wall that says, believe. And see, if it says, believe in Jesus, I'm okay with it. But when it's just out there like floating, 
believe. And then they have one that says faith, and they're just floating or gather, and it's just floating with nothing attached to it. Gather with who? Believe in who? Have faith in what? I'm sorry, they're everywhere. It's like, it's like the crucifix or the cross. I'm not picking on anybody that's got them. I'm just saying. I like to take my ink pen and fix stuff like that. You know, you write in Jesus at the bottom of it or something. Anyway, I, I kind of went sideways on you there. But we need to understand the foundation of what's going on. We're being brought back into a family, back under a covering, back to authority, because we're rebellious. Every one of us is a Barabbas. Every one of us is a, a rebel, in, insurrectionist, and we incite it with other people by how we live because our witness tells them something. So every one of us is represented here by Barabbas. You have a choice to make. You have Barabbas standing here, rebellion against God's authority, or you have the one who perfectly followed God's authority standing there, and you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. It's an individual choice, a choice made by you and you alone. Nobody else can make that choice for you. God doesn't have grandchildren. You can't make it for your kids. And so you have to choose, am I going to continue in rebellion against God's authority, or am I going to choose his righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus? And now don't, don't miss that in this text, the religious people, the ruling authorities, stirred up the crowd in mass and got them to follow them, and they chose the wrong Jesus. So be careful even with religious people. Be careful even with other people that say they're Christians because everybody's a Christian that I meet. You believe in Jesus? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Or I've even had people say some cuss words and say, I believe. You bet I do. Good old boy upstairs. There's a lot more involved in believing than just saying some words. It's with your heart and your mouth. Your heart has got to be given back over to God, the middle of you, and says, you're now my covering. You're now my authority. I now understand that you died and rose again, and I want to surrender to your authority and follow after you. He set us free to follow him, not to continue to sin against him and rebel against him and live any way we want. So we're all Barabbas. You're Barabbas. I'm Barabbas. In the flesh, we know nothing but rebellion. There's nothing good that dwells in the flesh. And so my thought this morning is, is what are you bound to? Are you stirred up by a religious community to choose the wrong Jesus and follow a culturanity system that is ignoring Jesus and the Spirit of God? Because that's what we're in the age of. We're in the age of having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. We're in the age of apostasy. That's what we just sang that song about, I will not forget you. The reason we sing that song is because we want to remind ourselves how easy it is for our Barabbas to come out and us to forget the will of God, to forget the work of God, to forget the ways of God, and to live the way we want to live. So we have sin and ourself and Satan that is always fighting us. The world, our flesh, and, and Satan that is always trying to deceive us. And there's choices you make every day. It's called judgments. That's why I always laugh when people say, you don't, don't judge me. You make judgments every day. Even the word discernment means judgment. You're judging. Is that true or false? Is that right or wrong? Is that God or is that Barabbas? 
Is that Jesus or is that the devil? You're always making those choices, but we don't always look at everything that way. What we do is go, oh, it's just a shirt. Who cares if it's got Pap's blue ribbon on the front of it? I'll wear it anyway. Well, no, now you're representing Pap's blue ribbon. I don't know where it came from. I ain't seen a Pat's Blue Ribbon shirt forever, but it worked good. So it's, it's what are you doing? Because, listen, you're a witness in a trial. There's testimonies being given, and those people watching you have a decision to make. And if they watch you and follow you, will they make a decision for Christ, or will they keep choosing Barabbas? So the question here today is, is what are you bound to? Who are you chained to? Because when Jesus died, he broke the chains. He released the bounds. He set us free. And now we're free to follow him and be bound to the will of God. We're free to follow him. And as as Paul said in Galatians 2.20, he said, I am bound to Jesus. No, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Same thing. Crucified. I died with Christ. And it's no longer I who live. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, as we think about that thought, there's a lot of things you could be bound to. You could be bound to your job. You could be bound to sin. You could be bound to a relationship with the opposite sex. You could be bound to fill in the blank. Anything that becomes your head or your covering or motivates you, you could be bound to. You could be bound to to just be unbound. You ever see those people? If there's nothing wrong, they'll make something wrong. There's a lot of people like that. They just love, especially if you come out of the drug culture, you got to have chaos because that's how you function. Chaos happens. I get real silent. I was in prison for 12 years. It It doesn't bother me that much. I function really good in the midst of chaos. It helps me think because I thought like that for a long time. Many people, when there's a bunch of noise, they start going, oh, I can't think, I can't think. I think better. I go silent. I talk a lot when there's nothing going on. But when stuff starts going on, I want to know what's going on. I want to be able to make a rational decision really quick. Am I in danger? And I think better underneath those chaos, underneath chaotic situations. Doesn't bother me a bit. When things are real quiet, I get a little bit freaked out. Things are too quiet. Something's getting ready to go on. Now, you might not understand that mindset, but every one of us are raised differently in different environments, and we're built differently by God. So listen, what is binding you from doing the will of God this morning? Are are you still? Are you still one of those people that says, oh, I just say what's on my mind? That's Barabbas. That's rebellious. Take thoughts captive. You don't just spit it out. You take thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. If I say this, is it obedient to Christ? I mean, we act like that's a a, a virtue. I just say what I think. Really? That's a virtue? No, it's not. Because we're behind enemy lines. We're soldiers in the army of the living God. And there's a lot of decisions we need to make that need to line up with the word of God and not our emotions, not our feelings, not our rebellious nature that is against the authority of God and still choosing Barabbas. Barabbas has to die. Barabbas has to die. He has to go in the grave. We have to admit that there's been a a big mistake and Jesus should have been chosen because he was the Savior. 
But see, God already knows we would make the upside-down choice. And that was the whole purpose, that for this purpose he came to die and to be buried. And then to show that it was really him, he brought him up from the grave. That's the evidence that, that he actually lived the perfect life because the grave couldn't hold him. Because the wages of sin is death. And everybody that was a sinner that died stays in the grave unless you're covered in the blood. And Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection from the grave. And everybody else that's covered in the blood, they get to be part of that resurrection. And it's coming soon. It's coming soon. So who are you chained to this morning? Because if we said a prayer or we ask God into our heart or we believe that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, we have the Romans 10, 9, and 10. That becomes a marriage ceremony. Where now you're married to the son and that brings you back into the family of God where there's a father waiting in heaven. See, there's a marriage ceremony. That's what it means. When you look that up in the Greek, when you look at Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And I might have just put them around backward, but listen to me. It's two people, God and you, agreeing to the same set of circumstances, the same facts at the same time, in the same place. You both say, I will. God is faithful. We're not. We're Barabbas. So we have to die and be crucified so that we can do our part as the bride of Christ. And he's going to be your covering now, deliver you back to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then after that, he takes everything and gives it back to the Father. And you're back in the family of God because of that blood and no other thing can ever make it right or wrong for you. So who are you chained to? Is it Christ? If it's Christ, let's look over. And as I promised, we're going to do a little bit of Bible sword drills. And, and, and it's a lot of scriptures, so you can write them down if you like. Um, twenty twenty two of Acts is one of the first ones I'm going to go to. I just want to kind of explore this word bound and chained and, and look at what, what these are about. Uh, in the Bible and, and actually you know what I went into a study of it and I was like oh my goodness this actually gets I mean it's so in-depth I can I mean it's so in-depth that it's almost crazy when you start studying it out how much this is in the Bible and everything is about this who are you in bondage to who are you bound with in fact 2022 is where we'll be in fact every one of the apostles and probably all the Christians, because I believe this is all of our hearts, they became a doulos. Doulos is Greek for bond servant. Listen to me. That became what they were. They were douloses. They were bond servants to God. So who are you in bondage to? Who are you bound with? Is it still Barabbas? Is it the world? Is it earthly government? See, because that's the, that's the thing that's going on right now. Listen to me. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get way out here on you, but... Right now, I think the church is being duped to turn their heart toward this fight of politics, this fight of uh, Trump being the, the election was stolen. Even though it's true, listen to me, even though it's true, 
we might need to keep silent and back off because it's training our heart to fight a battle that's not ours. It's a physical battle, and we're fighting a spiritual battle. So what it's doing is enduring our heart to something that we're not even supposed to be dealing with. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have voted. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't say that was a lie. But if your heart begins to be drug into that too far, you're going to forget what we're called to do, and your heart is going to be trained to fight about physical things and to, and to choose the government and which government is right when, in fact, the only government that we're under is the government of Jesus, the kingdom of God. We're citizens in heaven. And so we want to be careful with our heart not to get sucked into the physical battle in a way where we think we're supposed to be winning or losing it. Because the only battle you and I are called to be in is a battle for souls. It's a spiritual battle. The Democrats are not our enemy. Now, they may have demons, but they're not our enemy. And the rhinos, they're not our enemies. They may have demons, and they may be following the wrong father. They might be Barabbas, chained to Barabbas, and be rebellious, and they may be involved in an insurrection. But if you and I, as the people of God, choose Barabbas, we've forgotten about Jesus. If we choose to get involved in the insurrection that's going on, we forget about Jesus and we allow him to be led away, bound, and crucified again. We don't want to do that. So who are you bound to? Are you a doulos? Because I would encourage you to become a doulos. Now, what's a doulos? It's a bond servant. It's a slave. Oh, don't talk about that, Greg. That's a really crazy thing in our culture to be a slave. No, there's always been slaves. It's only a really crazy thing when you listen to the narrative of a lying government that's underneath the sway of a wicked one who's trying to get you to have your heart drug into their battle and forget about what you're supposed to be doing because you're bound to Jesus. Everybody that's a bond slave or a bond servant to Jesus is voluntarily staying in the house of God for the glory of God. You become a servant. You say, you're the master. I'm your slave. And if you're going to be a servant or a slave to somebody, wouldn't you want it to be God and not the devil? Wouldn't you want to know for sure that you're following Jesus, the Messiah, and not Barabbas, the liar? See, that's why you have to bind yourself to the word of God. Acts 20, here, Paul going to Jerusalem. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, listen, means teaching peace. I go bound in the spirit teaching peace with all men as far as you are able, not knowing the things that will happen to me except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that change, bonds, and tribulation await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself that I might finish my race with joy and the ministry which I see from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Do you see that? Listen to what he's doing. He's bound to the, by the Spirit to God, to his calling. What are you bound to this morning? Are you bound to your sin? Are you bound to your job? Are you bound to your purpose-driven life? Sorry, got to go there. See, because Rick Warren is bound to a whole bunch of people that are evil. I'm not purpose-driven. I'm spirit-led. 
And again, like I said, how does that become like a number one bestseller? So more copies than any other book in history. If it's really godly. That's right there. If you just look at the statistics, you go, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. The whole world don't need to sway the wicked one. Nobody wants to go to church, but everybody wants to read Rick Warren's book. Everybody wants to find out how to do this in their flesh. Religion. Everybody wants to find out how to follow purpose and be driven to do the will of God. No, 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 no. Spirit. Learn to hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. Now, I hate to be controversial like that, but here I am. I rush in where angels fear to tread, and there I am. What are you bound to? Bound to the Spirit. Our power, our strength, our might, our teaching, our guide is all by the Spirit of God. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I'll send you another. John 14. The Spirit of truth who will be with you. Then he will be in you. And then in Acts 1.8, he says he will come upon you. Well, why would he come upon us? So we can be witnesses. He comes upon you with power so that you can witness throughout Jerusalem, Judea, all Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen to me. We need to be bound to the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is taking the will of God and enacting it. That's what Jesus was doing, the will of God. And then he sent the Spirit back to give us power and to lead us and to teach us how to do the will of God. But we're bound to everything else. We're bound to the education system. We're bound, listen, here's one that really gets you, bound to our health problems. I'm sick. I can't go. COVID's out there. I can't go. Listen, we're being bound by it. We're being chained up. We're being locked away. We're putting masks on like slaves to the world and not to Jesus. We're bound up. It doesn't matter what keeps us from doing it. Paul said that he didn't care. Did you hear that verse? Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Because the life that he now lives, he lives by faith in the Son of God who loved him and gave himself for him. Why? So that I might finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received. It was a gift from the Lord Jesus to do what? Testimony. Testify. To what? The good news that grace has appeared to all men. Teaching us to deny worldly lust and ungodliness in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. What are you bound to this morning? Look on over at, at 21.10. See, he already, he said, the Spirit tells me what's going to happen. I'm being led by the Spirit. The Spirit's given me power to be a witness, and I'm going forth in the ministry that God gave me. This should be all Christians looking for the voice of God, the Word. Why? Because we're bound to Jesus. Why? Because His Word is His bond. He's not a liar. His word is his bond. You ever heard that statement? My word is my bond. I don't have to shake hands on it. Can't shake hands. COVID will get you. I'm sorry for being facetious. God's word is his bond. That's why he said, I sent my word to heal the land. That's why he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will live forever. It's his bond. It's what you have faith in. It's who Jesus is, the living word. And we trust him. And we need to be bound to his word, but we're bound to his word through the spirit of God because the spirit teaches us what his word is saying. 
The Spirit is washing and cleansing us with the washing of the water through the Word and making us more like Christ. Look at 21, okay, 21.10. Remember this? I'll just read it to you. And as we stayed many days, Paul here, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. That's another region. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet. This is what prophets did in those days. They would make really uh, draw a lot of attention to themselves. You know, and you could read it in the Old Testament because this was one of the Old Testament prophets that's still alive in the New Testament. He tied his own hands and feet, and he said, Thus says the Holy Spirit. You know what Paul said? I already know. Nor do I count my life dear. He said, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem. Who's the Jews? That's the ruling authorities. That's the Sanhedrin. That's the ones that are crucifying Jesus in our text, and they're going to take every one of his witnesses and do the same thing. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Isn't that what they did to Jesus? Now they're going to do it to his witnesses. See, so his witnesses shouldn't be bound by what the world is doing. His witnesses are going to be bound by maybe some other religious authorities and handed over to these same people. That's why you see now, yeah, Richard sent me a text about the United Methodist Church and all of them. whole bunch of churches are signing letters and saying it was white supremacy and all kinds of stuff that was going on. The world right now is, is shifting gears and they're calling anybody that follows the Bible and is bound to the will of God and the Spirit of God and handing out the Word of God. You're now a Christian nationalist. And you're on the terrorist list in America because of your beliefs. Because you're against what the culture is preaching. You're against uh, 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 same-sex marriages. You're against evolution. You're against climate change. You're against helping all the other sad, poor people in the world because you're worried about only the national, the nation of, of America. See, so they make you out to be bad and abhorrent to the rest of the world, and then it gives them an excuse the same way they did the Jews, God's people before, to arrest you, to re-educate you. To make laws to silence you because it's hate crime. See, that's what's going on. It's nothing new under the sun. It's been going on. You can go anywhere in the Bible and find these same things going on, silencing the truth of God. Because how are we bound? We're bound by a lie-er. We're bound by a lie-er. Either you believe God's word, his word, he's bound in his word, his word is his bond, or you listen to a lie. When you listen to a lie, you get defeated. You get beat up by the enemy. You get taken captive by the devil to do his will when you believe a lie. But when you believe this word is true and you stand up and you give witness because of who he is and what he's done because of his spirit and you're bound to say, Lord, Lord, what is my gifting? What is my calling? How do I deal with this situation in front of me? I want to know what you're doing, not how to get out of it. I want to know what you're doing, not how to make it easy on me. Listen to me. It's very important. You know, I learned a lot when my wife was in the hospital. Let's pray. I forgot to pray. Father, we give you praise and glory, and we thank you for being a mighty God. And we ask you to quicken this message to our heart that we would receive it with meekness. 
that it would bear fruit, some, in, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100-fold. Change our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry about that. So somebody watching the tape is going to say, he didn't even pray. And so i got to pray. I didn't read a text, and usually I, my, my standard formula is I read the text and then I pray. We don't have a text. But I learned a lot about faith. Now, I haven't arrived nowhere. I'm still being broken. I'm still being worked on by the Spirit of God. Everybody is until we see the face of God. That's when you're going to be like him. But when my wife was sick and in the hospital, God had prepared us. We were talking about the other days, like, where would we be right now if we didn't have the foundation of faith? The foundation of knowing that God was with us. The foundation of knowing not to listen just to what the doctor says. The foundation of knowing to pray first and make a decision based on the Spirit of God and not on a doctor or somebody that's underneath the sway of the wicked one. Now, I'm not, try- I'm not trying to, to act like we're spiritual, but we continue to do the natural and let God do the supernatural. In fact, we surrender. We thought she was going to go to be with the Lord. And we said, not our will, but thy will be done. But even in the fact of her being real sick, she continued to share with people. Her, the lady cleaning her room. I mean, after meeting her one time and hearing the gospel, comes and buys her a gift and, and would search us out. And if she was on a different floor, she would come and find us. And, and we went to their house after we're out of the hospital. And, and, and listen, our call is to be bound to the will of God by the Spirit of God to give other people the word of God and testimony of what God has done, the gospel of grace. And it doesn't matter whether you're having your house burnt down or your, somebody died or the job you lost. Those things don't matter. Or I need, oh, man, i got to stop at the gas station and get gas. Well, what if somebody's standing there that needs to hear the gospel of grace? You don't stop being a witness because there's turmoil. But that's all I see today is people, when something goes on, they're done. I ain't going to church. I ain't got time to get to church. I'm not going to get equipped. I can't read. I can't pray. I got to go deal with this issue in my life. Really? Well, the first place to stop is prayer. You're not going to fix it on your own. You can't fix it on your own. It's a ministry of death. You're trusting in Barabbas. You're bound to yourself, to sin, and self and Satan when you try to fix it yourself because nothing good dwells in the flesh. And if you try to fix it, you're pouring gasoline on top of that fire. Because number one, you don't know what it's supposed to look like in the will of God. So how do you fix something you don't want it looks like? I always tell people, you know what? If I take it apart, I can get it back together. If I take it apart, I usually can get it back together. I've been gifted by God. But I, I thought I was really clever one time in prison, and my buddy had a pocket watch. And he's like, well, I don't care. Try it. Work on it. I've had it for years. You, you See if you can fix it. I go, well, usually if I take something apart, I know how to put it back together and I can fix it. I was taking them itty-bitty screws out on this side. You know what happened? Everything fell out the bottom side. All the gears, everything, the jewels. Oh, he was mad as could be. I didn't know how it was designed. I was taking the screws out of the top thinking I had this figured out and everything falls out the bottom. And that's the way you and I do when we live in our flesh, when we live according to uh, uh, being bound to Barabbas. When we think we can figure it out, I can fix it if I just stop doing it. Jesus paid for it. He set you free. He knows what's underneath and up above. And he wants you to live with a heavenly perspective. And if you don't live from up there, when you take the screws out down here, the bottom will fall out. 
And then you'll start reacting the way you've always reacted, doing what you've always done. The true heart comes out. You show them the tall finger. You speak a few crazy words, and flesh is everywhere. But when we, we was able, to, by the grace of God, to continue in ministry in the hospital, 37 days. Now, we're not the only person that's ever went through something like this. I'm just telling you my experience in the Spirit of God leading us through the Word of God, dealing with craziness on this planet that wants to kill us. The doctors wanted to give her medicine and, and said it's the end of life. You probably just need to go peacefully. And we told him we came here to live, not to die. Listen, Jesus came so you could live and not die. You were already dead before he came. You were already bound and you were Barabbas. You were in an insurrection. You were a rebel. And Jesus came standing there innocently. And all you had to do is believe him because his bond is his word. He can't lie. So Paul goes faithful. What did I say? Acts 21. Did I say that yet? 21.10. Agabus ties him, ties his hands. Let's finish it. His own feet. This man is going to be arrested by the Jews in Jerusalem. Deliver him into the hand of the Gentiles. Verse 12. Now, when Paul heard these things, both we and those from the place pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem. Notice this, all the other Christians, all the other people that believe Jesus, they're not listening to the Spirit. They're not listening. They're not hearing. Remember our text in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 1, you had the sons of the prophets there. They weren't hearing. They heard it. They shared it. But they didn't believe the word of God. Paul already knows. A prophet's telling Paul. Other people are begging him not to go because they don't want to see ill will for Paul. But he's bound to the spirit of God. He's bound to the will of God. Paul answered, verse 13, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound. Who are you bound to? the will of God, or Barabbas, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the name is always character, nature, will, his authority. And if he's your father, if he's your covering, if that's who you're truly serving, and you're bound to him, and you're a doulos, a slave, then you should be ready to die, because that's what the Greek word witness means. It's the Greek word martis. It's one who dies for their faith. We get our word martyr from it. This is what Christians do. I'm not, I'm not trying to give you something. Here's some super saints. Here's what the Jesus freaks do. This is what the Spirit of God does in every person who believes in the blood of God who came through his son and died on a cross. We are called to find out the will of God and be bound to it. Who are you bound to this morning? What is leading your life this morning? I started doing this study, and like I said, not lost, but overwhelmed by it, the depth of it. You know, when you look at Genesis 22, 
Genesis 22 is a father taking his only son, Isaac, up a hill, Calvary, with wood on his back. And what does he do when he gets him up there? He binds him. He ties him. And, and is going to lay him on the altar and sacrifice him to God. In fact, because he did it in his heart, he was being tested by God. Hebrews 11 tells us when he was tested by God, he sacrificed his son. God acts like he did it because when your heart purposes to do the will of God, you don't have to be good at it. You don't have to be perfect at it. What you have to do is turn your heart toward it and say, God, that's what I want. I want my heart to do your will. I want my heart to find your spirit. I want my heart to follow you. And part of doing that is confessing when you're not. Abraham didn't kill his son. Isaac grew up. But he was willing to. Because he had figured out some way in his own heart as he followed God that God was able to raise him from the dead. Because God had made him a promise. That through Isaac, his seed was going to grow as many people as the sands of the sea. The stars in the sky. So he concluded, and you can read about it in eleven seventeen of Hebrews. God's testimony is, is that Abraham killed his son because in his heart he was willing to give up what he was bound to. That's interesting, isn't it? See, because after so many years of Abraham believing God and it not happening, what did they do? Him and Sarah tried in their flesh with a handmaid to have a child and fulfill the will of God. They tried to do it themselves. That's what all people of all ages have always done. God, you're not moving quick enough. I'll do it for you. And they had Ishmael, which is where we get all of our Islamic nations and fighting from right now. It's, it's always been an attack on Israel. They want to they annihilate Israel. You can't find Israel even on the map in Islamic countries. They don't even draw them on the map. They act like they're already gone. So when they couldn't fulfill it in the flesh, what happened? Then he has Isaac in the spirit. God gives him the child, tells him when the appointed time would be. And you know what? Abraham's heart become bound to the son, to the child. And when your heart is bound to something other than the will of God, doing the work of God for the glory of God, there's going to come a time when he wants you to sacrifice it on the altar and be willing to give it away. Be willing to let it die. And it's not just one time. There's going to be a whole bunch of times like that in your life. And so when you try to escape that death, you're not following the will of God. You're fighting with God. And that's what most Christians do because they don't understand that there's a through principle in the Bible where you have to go through things according to the Spirit of God's leading in the will of God in order to become the person of God or the child of God that crosses the finish line looking like God, conformed to the image of God. Sorry, I know a lot of stuff here. Who are you bound to? Are you still bound to the world? Still bound to yourself? Still bound as Barabbas? Are you being rebellious? I can do this. I got this. I'll figure this out. Nobody else ever has. The only way to, to release the bonds is to trust the provision of God, the Messiah of God, the one who died for the sins of the world. This is why he came. 
Look at uh, Isaiah 61. Isaiah. Not Isaiah. That's how we live our lives. We need to surrender to the Spirit of God. Not, not in what we say, but in what God has said, because His Word is His bond. That's why we can trust His Word. That's why the attack is on the Word. That's why the original sin was, did God really say? His, his bond is His Word. It's what bonds us to His authority and His headship. Isaiah 61.1. And I'm going to take you to, you can, you can prepare Luke 4 after that, where Jesus quotes this scripture in the New Testament. This is talking about the, the, the it's, it's the prophecy or telling about Jesus coming. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Notice the Trinity was there. Spirit, God, me is Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me, the Messiah, to preach good tidings to the poor, the gospel. And that's not poor because you got no money. Listen, see, that's another thing that we got confused in, in our lives. This is talking about the poor in spirit, the ones that are dead. The ones that are broke, they have no, they have a father that's a deadbeat and you're an orphan. You're poor in spirit. He has sent me, this is what the Messiah is coming for, or came for, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, just to announce. That's what you and I are doing. We're announcing the gospel. We're heralding good news. Proclaim freedom or liberty to the captives, those in bonds. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Comma. If you're there, 61-2. Comma. You stop right there. Jesus came for this purpose. See, the next thing to happen is what? 61-2-B. And the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus didn't come to announce that. He came to set the captives free. Look at Luke 4. Sorry to give you this, but we need this. Luke 4, Jesus reads this verse in the synagogue. He unrolls the scroll. And he reads this. He's in his hometown, Nazareth. He opens the scroll. He found the place where it was written because they didn't have verses and chapters. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You want to know how to do the will of God? Acts 1.8. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and you desire, he'll give you power to be a witness. Why is the Spirit of the Lord upon you, Jesus? Because he has anointed me. This is what I was called and created for. To do what? Preach the gospel to the poor in spirit. Not materially. Brokenhearted. Those that are bound up. Those that are orphans he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives why am i reading this look at this and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord now i know that this is a translation thing but notice what it said there to to and recovery of sight to the blind what did it say in 61.1? To release those who are bound? What? Wait a minute. What, why is it different? 
one says, and an opening of the prison to those who are bound. And here it says, a recovery of sight to the blind. Why? Because the devil lies to us. And the truth gives us spiritual eyes. When you come to Jesus, it's a spiritual life. And you get spiritual eyes. When you're bound by lies, you're blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. But when you come to Jesus, what did Jesus come to do? To give you spiritual eyes to see. Why is it everybody keeps going around? How can they not see this? What is going on in the world? They stole the election. Look what's going on with this government. Why in the world can't they see this? Why am I arguing with this person? They're bound. Their eyes haven't been opened. Jesus gave you sight to the blind, and you can see what's going on if you even have a little bit of eyesight. You might not understand or comprehend or know the fullness of it, but you can see something ain't right. So when you're trying to argue with people that have no spiritual understanding, it's absurd. It makes no sense. It's casting your pearls before swine. Now, they might not stay swine. They might eventually believe the truth and come to Jesus like we did. But at the moment, no amount of intellectual wrangling and videos that you send to them or anything you try to do will open their eyes. Only Jesus and the Spirit of God can. So you need to pray for them. Why? Because that's the will of God. The will of God is not for you to go kick them in the shin and argue with them and call them names or beat them to death with a Jesus stick. The will of God is that they would come to salvation. And if they're not hearing because they're blind, you need to pray for their salvation. And maybe lightly salt them, but if they're tired of hearing, which most are, this is, this is what's going on. It's, it's a spiritual delusion. They have no sight to see. No matter what you give them, they cannot see the will of God. They're blind. They're bound to Barabbas. They're bound to a worldly government. They're bound to lies. What is binding you up today? What is keeping you from being delivered by the Spirit of God into your calling by God to do the work of God so that other souls can come to salvation? Because we're called to be a witness. We're called to go give testimony and herald that good news. We're not called just to go and live the American dream after we go to church on Sunday. We're being equipped to see right here. We don't understand everything, but God is slowly telling us about everything. Everything we need to know for what? For tomorrow. If your eyes are open, you're supposed to be learning today so you can go tell people tomorrow. But what happens is if you're doing it just for selfish reasons, if you're bound still to yourself, and, and you hear this, and you're a Christian, what you're going to do is as you walk out the door, the devil's going to steal that seed, and you're going to go on life with the way you've always did it. You're not going to bear any fruit from the truth. You're just going to use it to help you and get your own stuff and keep moving. And that's not a witness for Christ. That's not following Jesus. That's not a disciple. His disciples are no longer bound. In John 8, 31 and 32, he said to the Jews who believe, If you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from what? The lies of the enemy, the binding of the enemy. We're no longer bound if we just be led by the Spirit of God in the word of God for the glory of God. Now, now it's easy to talk about, but it's really difficult to walk out. I'm not trying to tell you in any way that this is really easy to go out the door and walk out. But when you have that heart, like Abraham did, you're tested. 
We're tested in every situation. Are you going to choose to follow and be bound to Jesus with the Spirit of God, or are you going to choose to be rebellious and follow Barabbas? It's your choice at every step of the way. It's your choice at every step of the way. In fact, look at Psalms 68, 6. I told you we'd be everywhere. That's what Bible Sword Drills is all about. 68, 6. I just kind of did a little bit. I mean, and there is a ton more. This is not even close. Not even close. I, I started, oh my goodness, we're bond slaves. Let's start in 5, 68.5. A father is talking about, well, let's start in 4. Sing to God, this is worship, sing praises to his name, to his character, his nature, his authority. Extol him who rides on the clouds, poetic, by his name, Yah. And rejoice before him. And here's some definition of who he is. A father of the fatherless. He's a father to the orphan. A defender of widows. Those who have no groom. See, Jesus came to be our husband, our covering. We came, he came to marry us and give us an inheritance as the kinsman redeemer. And it says, is God in his holy habitation. That's who he is in his throne room. God sets the solitary in families. Listen, it's all about a family. Whose family do you belong to? Do you belong to Barabbas' family or do you belong to God's family? The only way to belong to God's family and be delivered back to a father who loves you is through the blood of Jesus. He sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound Look what it says. That's really strange. Into prosperity. Actually, the King James says bound with chains. Sometimes we lose some of the thoughts when we translate it and, and we try to take away. You know what we do? We kind of take away what God really said with his word as his bond. We kind of change it with translations. We change it with paraphrases. So don't forget, the attack is on did God really say? And what did God really say? And if you don't know that, then the enemy can bind you to a lie and you can be living religious life. You can be following a church. You can be following some charismatic pastor instead of following the Holy Spirit who leads you. Now, now the Holy Spirit can lead you in the orderly ranking of a church where you do follow the pastor and you do follow the elders and you do follow what they're doing. But you need to make sure that they're following Jesus and they're not just following their own denominational rules that they made up that have nothing to do with life and godliness. But he sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. But the Barabbases, look at this, those who are bound with Barabbas, they're rebels. The old sin nature dwell in a dry land. Why? Because there's no Holy Spirit there. There's no one telling them. It's silent. They're blind. The Spirit gives you sight. The Spirit gives you eyes to see. That's the water. But there's no fruit if you're still being rebellious. 
It's an interesting word, that one, uh, solitary. Because, see, I, I remember years ago, you, know, you, you guys have probably seen the poem, I think. It's One Solitary Life. You ever seen that with Jesus? It was a poem. Nobody's ever seen it. I ain't seen no head shaking. That, I think that's where this came from because I never understood what what's it mean, solitary. But it means united and, and, and beloved. That's what it, When I looked it up in the Hebrew, that's what it was talking about. And, and it's from a word that means to become or become one or unite and join. So, so when it says God sets the, uh, the unity in families, he's bringing us back to his family to be united and joined with him. Those who are, are bound with chains, but if you stay rebellious and, and attached to Barabbas, you're not in the family. Now, I'm not telling you it's works. still the blood. But once you receive the blood, you receive the spirit who leads you out of the rebellion. You die to self, you humble yourself, and you begin to follow truth, and you cross the finish line and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So now you're bound to the spirit of God, to the will of God, to the work of God. What's his work? Salvation of souls. See, there's others that are still bound to Barabbas, and they're in churches. They're leading churches. And there's still Barabbas because we live in apostasy where there's a form of godliness which, and they deny the power thereof, where their ears are being tickled by some type of, of culturanity or, or earthly rules. And they're, they're following nice manners and they're wearing good suits and their fingernails are all taken care of and their hands are not dirty. But inward, they're ravenous wolves. That's what he told us. He sends us out amongst as sheep amongst wolves, false teachers. And he tells us to be wise as serpent and as harmless as doves. We have to learn how to be with people who say they know Jesus and they have no idea. And that's why it's so important that you and I are a witness in every situation, in everything, to the strength of God. My friend called me this morning who had COVID last week. He was already on, uh, he's had cancer, and he was already, he's recovering from cancer. He was already on drugs to kill hepatitis C in his body, and he got COVID. And then after about uh, eight days off of work, he went back to work, and he said, man, I, I, I can't even hardly move. And, and he let somebody else teach his Bible study for two weeks. And this morning, I, I, we talked, and he's like, I'm on my way. He goes, I'm only about 80, 85%. And I said, well, thanks for being a good witness because you're showing people that you don't lay down. You don't shut down. You stand up. You keep going in the power of God. He's going by faith. That's what Christians do. Paul knew he was going to be arrested. Paul it goes bound in real chains and bound by the Spirit of God to Rome to testify. And he wants to have fruit in Rome. And he, and he goes before Nero and testifies the gospel of grace to the most powerful man on the planet. All because he listened to the Spirit and not a bunch of crying, wimpy Christians going, Don't go, Paul. Don't go, Paul. Don't do that, Paul. You're going to be in trouble, Paul. Listen to me. When you listen to the culture, don't be surprised when perilous times come. When we listen to the culture, don't be surprised when the, when the, when the battle comes that you fall. When the battle comes that you surrender. When the battle comes you turn to some other head or some other person instead of being able to stand. Because if you don't practice now, standing and trusting God and listening to the lessons of life, you're not going to have any strength later. When the horsemen come, and they're coming, 
They're saddling up right now. The trumpet's getting ready to sound. Who are you bound to? Do you understand that God has sent his son to bring us back into a family? And listen, you don't have to know all of this. In fact, let's go to Acts chapter 4 and we'll try to close this up. I'm going to go back to Acts now uh, and close it out with and see some more about the spirit of God and the work of God. I mean, there's a bunch of cases. Think about this for a minute. My goodness. That's why I said when I started doing this, I'm like, woo. Paul later Paul goes on a second missionary journey into uh, the Macedonian region. And he wanted to go into Asia. And the Spirit of God, listen, this is the book of Acts. Because this is our testimony of how Christians live. The Spirit of God wouldn't let him go in to the northern region of Asia. Just wouldn't let him. No, the door's closed. Don't go there. And then he has a vision at night. Of somebody saying, come to Macedonia, which is where the church or the, Philip, Philip, the church of Philippi is at, where we had the book of Philippians. And so he said, hey, God, give us an open door. And they go over there. And they're ministering, and they meet uh, uh, Lydia, and they, and they have prayer beside it, and they're telling people about Jesus. And they're going through the city, and they're talking about Jesus. And you can read about it. I think it's either 12 or 16 of Acts and they're sharing the gospel, and people are getting saved. And all of a sudden, they're walking through the city, and it happened for like a week, I think. This lady's following him, her following him, and she's possessed by a demon. She, she, she. The, the people that own her, she's bound to them. The people that own her are making money by her telling fortunes through demon spirits. And as she's going along, she's given testimony. These are the prophets of the Most High God. Listen to them. These are the prophets of the Most High God. And Paul just got sick of it. And he turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And he cast that demon out of her because he got sick of hearing what she was saying and trying to let that demon testify to Jesus. See, that's going on in our culture today. There's demons testifying about who Jesus is, and they're given a lying account. See, and if Paul didn't deal with her, she would have been able, when they leave, to go around and act like she knew them, and she was acquainted with them, and she represented them, and she could have fed them all kinds of lying wolf doctrine. So he was wise as a serpent in this, and he was harmless as a dove. But you know what they did? They got mad. So they threw him and Silas in prison. They arrested him for casting out that demon because they messed with their money. And at midnight... They're in jail, and they're praying, number one, and they're singing songs to God. And what happens? An earthquake that sets them free from their chains and their bonds, and the doors fall open. And in fact, the, the, the guard who was watching them thought they all escaped, so he got a knife, and he was going to kill himself, because in that culture, if you lost your prisoners, that's what they would do. They would give you their sentence. You were responsible for them, and if you let a murderer go, then you would have to die, and Paul, not just singing praises, not just praying, not just living for God, not just in prison, but he was concerned about others, and he's seen this getting ready to happen. He said, oh, don't do any harm to yourself. 
and his whole family, the guard's family, everybody gets saved and gets baptized. Because in his situation of being in prison, he didn't stop praying. He didn't stop worshiping God. And even when the person who was persecuting him, he, he didn't stop. He helped them. And they end up getting saved because the enemy was not the guard. The enemy was just bound by Satan with lies. And was, the guard was just following the government, following the lies. And that's what you see. There's some people that's got demons. There's some people that are useful idiots. They're all bound by Satan. Their eyes are not open to see the will of God. And it's going on in our country. It's going on in our world. It's going on because God said it would go on. And that's the only reason you and I are here. This is not our home. And neither was this meant to last forever. This was a testing ground. It's a courtroom, if you will, for you and I to decide whether we want to stay Barabbas for eternity or do we want to be bound to the will of God and choose Jesus? And he's come to set you free. Acts chapter 4. Is that what I said? And we'll close. Acts chapter 4. It actually begins in chapter 3, if you remember. When John, Peter and John went to uh, uh, the temple at the hour of prayer. And there was a lame man who had been lamed all of his life begging for alms. And Peter said, look at me. And he looked at him and he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have in the authority and the character in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And the man stands up. And he starts leaping about. He was bound from birth where he couldn't walk. And he says, in the name of Jesus, get up. And he gets up. It wasn't money you needed. It wasn't, it's not because you're poor and you don't have any money. It's because you're poor in spirit and you're bound by the devil. So he gets up and he starts jumping around and it causes such a commotion that the Sadducees come and have the temple guard arrest him and throw him in prison. For healing a lame man that's been sitting there everybody's the whole life. See, that's what's going on in our culture. That's what the religious authority and culture entity, that's what the government wants to do. We're here preaching love. We're here preaching there's a savior. We're here preaching you can be set free. You don't have to be bound. And they're like, wait a minute. We want power. We want authority. We want you bound to what we're doing. So be afraid of COVID. Be afraid of death. Be afraid of everything that's going on. And listen to us. We'll tell you what to do. And I'm not trying to make light of COVID. People have died of COVID. They really have. But nobody dies of the flu anymore. Nobody dies of a car wreck hardly anymore. It's all COVID. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. It's just the truth. And I make no apologies for the truth. So they arrested him. They asked him. They said, they said, in the name of Jesus, there's no other name under heaven and earth by which men can be saved except the name of Jesus. He's the one that set this man free, not us. And that you'd be... You'd be uh, be important for you to tell people that when they start trying to follow you or listen to you make sure you tell them it's jesus his power his might we're nothing but barabbas's dying to self and then in 4 8 we'll pick up they bring them out they're going to question them and they said by what power or by what name have you done this 7b i'm sorry then verse 8 and then it says peter Bound by, filled with the Holy Spirit. See, because the last time Peter was confronted with these guys, what did he do? Denied Christ three times. 
The last time he denied Christ three times. But now that he's got the Spirit of God, he's filled with the Spirit. He said, rulers of the people, very polite, and elders of Israel, if this day we are judged, you can't judge me, man. If we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means we have made him well, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, indictment, whom God raised from the dead, glory, by him this man stands before you whole, released from his bonds. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And you can tell people that. But look at this, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, and they marveled. And then what did they realize? That they had been bound with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Who are you hanging out with? Who are you bound to? Listen, they realized that the boldness, that the power, everything that was going on, the only thing they could associate it with was Jesus. You need to hang out with Jesus. So then they threatened them. Well, let's, let's just finish reading it. and It'll be easier than me telling you what happened. 14. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. In other words, right there was the evidence they had been with Jesus. Right there was the evidence that the name of Jesus releases the bonds. Excuse me. And guess what? That man standing there, Goku, he's bound to you right now. Oh, he's bound to Jesus in the spirit, but he's bound to Peter and John, and he ain't turning them loose. Because he doesn't understand all the truths yet of the gospel and all the truths about Jesus, but he's hanging out with those who told him about Jesus and set him free. He's having fellowship with them. He wants to be bound to the people who know Jesus, and he's standing there with them. He's the evidence that Jesus sets people free, and that's what you're supposed to be. As a witness, you become the evidence that there's a true and living God that breaks the bonds of sin, that breaks the bonds and gives you a family to live in. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they said, go outside. They conferred among themselves. They didn't ask God. These are religious people, but they're just talking to each other, saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further. Guess what? You and I, it spread clear to us already. Didn't work, did it? So that it spreads no further. Why didn't it work? Among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Guess what? They're getting ready to enact the hate laws where you can't speak certain things in the Bible to no man. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, um, finding no way to punish them, they turned them loose. I'm going to keep going, but we're going to jump down to 27. 
he begins to give this, he goes through Psalms 2, and then 27, he says, For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, God anointed him, he was bound to the will of God, by Herod and Pontius Pilate, when the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Who are you bound to? Who are you gathering with? See, you can gather with people that are totally against Jesus, and they'll pretend like they're religious people. But they're totally against Jesus. Totally against the true Jesus. Look, at they're gathered together. The word gather there means to lead together, to collect or convene. It even has the, the connotation to entertain with hospitality. But it's to lead you into death. They were all gathered together against God and His Messiah. We're seeing that today, and they want to collectively pull all of our hearts into the same place. But you and I, as people of God that are bound to the will of God and the Spirit of God to do the work of God for the glory of God, we don't want to listen to their voices. They'll get us caught up in some physical battle, and we'll forget that we're supposed to be here as a witness, bound to the will of God to set souls free. Yes, it's going on. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we're not bound to their chaos. We can have the peace that surpasses all understanding even when everything's gone crazy. In fact, I can't teach this whole book. So they went away and they went to their friends and Verse 31, 431, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. They were told not to speak no more. Listen, the church today is going silent. The church today isn't even meeting. The church today is wearing masks in their buildings. The church today is refusing to live freely in Christ, and they're, in the ba- they're bound up in the bonds of a lie. And they're essentially being shut down in most places. We have a sister church in California that just got fined, Mike McClure's church, over $2 million for meeting. They escape going to jail, but they're probably going to end up in jail if they keep meeting. The world, the, 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 the government, the, 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 the spiritual battle behind it is coming after the church. Because we are in the last days. Who are you bound to? If you're bound to the Holy Spirit who binds you to the word of God. And you're looking for your calling in God. You're going to continue to be a witness for God. No matter what they say. You're going to stand up for the glory of God. And you're not going to let even the small things in life keep you from telling people about Jesus. And that's what we need to do. Even if you don't know. See this man stood there right there. He's hanging on to Peter and John. He doesn't know for sure what all he's supposed to do yet. He's a newborn baby in Christ. Just got his legs healed. He's walking. He's bouncing around. And, and the word there is really cool. It's peripateo. Jim always makes fun of it and says peripatetos. It's peripateo. Para is alongside. And, and he's, he's walking alongside them. He's like overcome with joy. And, and he wants to see. And he wants to be a witness. I know I look kind of funny when I do that, don't I? I know. I don't care anymore. Once you have grandkids, you know, and you have grandkids, they can make you be the, the, the silliest person on the planet, and then it just carries over in the rest of your life. That's what I blame it on. Grandkids that just bring out the childish in you. So listen to me. Listen to me. Who are you bound to? 
Do you understand you were Barabbas and he took our place in redeeming sacrifice? He stood there silently when he was innocent and he allowed you to be, to be freely removed from dying. He took your death. He took Barabbas' death. You are Barabbas. I am the son of that other father who's a liar. And now we've come to a person who is truth. Truth is a person. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and even if you don't know everything, you can still fellowship with him. See, there you gather. I don't like the word gather. I'm sorry. If you have a sign that's gather in your house, I don't like it. I don't like it. The word is fellowship and communion. That's what the church does. We have communion with God and with one another. We have fellowship of one another in the light. The world gathers people together. Sorry, we can probably get in trouble doing this. I'll be careful with words. I'm not going to be led into some place to be against the Lord's Messiah. I want to try to break free from the lies and the bonds and tell other people that what we're supposed to be doing as the people of God. Everybody's born in bonds. Everybody has a testimony. Everybody has something they want to tell somebody. Everybody's been through pain and suffering. Let's get to the other side. Let's get through it through the blood of Jesus. He set us free. And let's quit looking at the dog that bit us then. And let's start talking about the life we have now. And let's keep moving forward. And then give others a chance to live that life also. And have the bonds broken. Father, thank you for your word. We choose Jesus. Thank you that, that that rebellious crowd listened to the liars and chose Barabbas so that we could be set free. Thank you, Lord, that you knew that in eternity past, that you would come to your own and your own would not receive you, but to as many as received you, you gave the right to become children of God. We want to be your children. We want to be delivered back into your family and no longer be orphans, no longer be widows. We long to be with you, Lord. So give us a desire. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you would say to the church and help us tell others the gospel of grace. Pour out your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Desire.